Spacers, The Erebus Effect, written by Nick Oakes and Derwin Lester II, narrated by Derwin Lester II, published by Divided By, Zero Books. All characters in this work are fictitious. Any resemblance to real characters, real people, living or dead, is purely coincidental. Chapter 1. New Galley, Mars, 2354. The night was cold and dark. Desert dust mingled with the air, forcing its way into your clothes and clinging to your hair, coating your skin, drowning your soul. The soul of Mars ran red with the blood of innocence, and on a night like tonight, there were always folks willing to spill a little more. Special Agent Janet Harkoff strode out of the night, scanning the street. She had close-cropped hair the color of sand and wore a stark frown that betrayed her impatience for bullshit. After taking in the scenery, her dark, tacturn eyes settled on a building to her right on the south side of the street. It bore a faded neon sign proclaiming antiques hanging over the door, which was turned off. Janet reached out and rang the doorbell. A muffled buzzing came from the inside. Following a long pause, the door creaked open. A weathered face appeared in the sliver of darkness, twisted into a scowl. Can't you see we're closed? The man said, nodding toward the dimmed open sign. As he swung the door shut, Janet caught it with her right hand and said, I'm going to have to insist. The man's scowl returned. Look, if you're going to cause a scene, then I'm going to have to call the... Janet deftly withdrew her ID wallet with her free hand and flipped it open. It displayed a silver shield in the stylized letters A-L-C-A, along with her agent's credentials. The name Harkoff, Janet E. stood out in a well-defined black letters next to the stern-faced ID photo. Don't bother, she said in a voice like polished granite. Someone went to the trouble already. That's why I'm here. This is an official ALCA investigation. Ignoring the man's sputtering, she forced the door open and pushed in past him, returning her credentials deftly to her pocket as she did. She looked around, taking in the interior of the store. The tables were weighed down with cellular phones, dusty circuit board computers, and video disc players, most centuries old. She grinned as she took in the scenery, telling him this sure is a nice setup you've got here. She picked up a wind-up toy monkey off a display table, having only seen one before in vintage movies. She was half-tempted to wind up the little piece of history and just see it clang away. But instead, she continued telling the old man the anonymous tip we received told us she might be trafficking livelier trinkets than this. She placed the monkey down and turned to face him, neatly crossing her arms, her eyes boring into his, telling him the artificial kind, that is. The old man licked his lips. Unable to keep her gaze for long, he smiled, showing several crooked teeth. The expression was clearly forced. He couldn't even bring himself to deny it. Janet smiled faintly, understanding. 
She turned on her heel, scanning the room in a business-like manner. She spotted a door along the back wall of the main room with a faded employees-only sign tacked onto it. She stepped toward the door. I'll just look around for myself then. I'm sure you won't mind. As she neared the door, the old man rushed to intercept her. He had found his confidence again. No. I'm afraid that is out of the question. I'm sorry you came all this way here for nothing. He put a commanding hand on her shoulder, telling her, I'll show you the door. Janet turned her head and disdainfully looked at his hand. The look on her face would have told a wiser man what kind of danger he was in. Then her placid smile returned. I think I'll stay here, thanks. She opened the back room door and stepped through. She paid no mind to the old man's protest, finding herself awash in a dizzying array of old tech knickknacks, layer upon layer in baskets that were stacked on shelves, almost scraping the three-meter ceiling. She strode down the center aisle and rounded a corner, her right hand instinctively reaching for the left side of her jacket. The old man kept pace behind her. He was shouting now. Now listen here. This is my establishment, and I have a right to privacy. You have yet to produce a warrant, and I will not allow... Janet wheeled on him, one finger raised, dangerously. As a matter of fact, you have no such rights. Article 18, subsections 4 through 9 of the Harrison Accord state that I can search the premises for contraband of the artificial sort without any need of a warrant or prior alert of said search. That means if you get in my way, your right to privacy isn't the only right you'll be forfeiting tonight. As she spoke... Someone came around the corner, a tall, athletic man who looked to be about 20, wearing pristine blue coveralls and carrying a bundle of spare parts. He had dark hair and tanned olive skin. The stranger said nothing, staring at Janet with widened eyes that broadcast an intense, uneasy tension. The old man stepped up next to Janet and continued his protest. Yes, he is my assistant, he sputtered putting himself between Janet and the other man. He's been here almost a year now. Janet shot a glance at the old man and then turned to the stranger again and put her hand on her hip. So what's the story? She pointed to the coveralls with her other hand. Those are pretty clean for someone who's been working in an antique electronics shop for a year. He said nothing, still glaring at her. She stared straight back, slowly moving her hand towards the holster. Show me your wrist, pal. And then, quicker than Janet could whip out her pistol, he exploded to life. He threw the bundle of spare parts at Janet and then charged her, almost bowling her over as he made for the rear exit. Stop! The old man shouted as the runner reached the door. They'll kill you if you run! Janet shoved him aside, pistol drawn. She practically leapt out of the rear door and down the stoop after him, only to find the suspect had vanished. Shit! She yelled. Then she pressed a button on her wrist-mounted data device. Zero, are you there? I'm at the back exit of the old antique shop. Get the local Marseg precinct on the line. There's an old man inside who was sheltering the suspect. Have the local operatives book him when they arrive. I'm going after the goddamn Zarki. Do you have a visual on where it's headed? Not waiting for a response, Janet took off down the rear of the storefront, then rounded the corner into an alley leading back to the main street. She scanned for movement, then took off again. When she reached the street, it was more crowded than before. 
Late night revelers were gathering, wandering about the streets in search of one more drink before last call. Soon the Union Day celebrations would be starting. Zero's voice returned a moment later. Harkov, I got it. It's headed south, down the street, just ahead of you. Janet swiveled, craning her neck for the sign of her target. Its dark coveralls were like a spotlight against the bright outfits of the civvies. Janet pursued, the skyline looming ahead of her like dark glittering mountains. Reaching the crowd of revelers, she waved her badge over her head. Get out of the way, she shouted. ALCA, let me through. The dumbfounded people parted like pages of a book, allowing her enough space to continue forward. A sloppy drunk and a tattered day-glow smoking jacket grabbed her ass as she pressed past him and got a broken hand in return. She pressed through more crowds of people, her eyes still straining to catch a glimpse of the running man in blue coveralls. There! She saw her target ducking through a crowd further down the street. Shoving through a cluster of civilians, Janet tore off again after her quarry. This was where she was in her element. Hunting hostels, just like the old days. Just like Titan, she thought, grinning. A crackly voice sounded in the bud in her left ear. Harkov, I've got your location. Bad guy's on the next street over. She pressed two fingers of her left hand to the side of her neck, activating the subdermal microphone located there. I'm going to try to force the thing into a corner. See if you can find me a dead end somewhere. After a breath. She went on. It's already bolted once. I'm legal to retire on sight. With that, she burst ahead at full tilt, almost knocking down an old man with a much younger woman on his arm, both of whom barely just got out of her way as she barreled past. The street ahead reached a four-way junction with an antique wrought iron fountain near the center. A going-away party outside the fountain had merged with three bachelor parties. All four groups had conglomerated into a raucous tornado of self-destruction. Janet didn't concern herself with any of this. All she cared about was the cover the crowd provided for an artificial on-the-run, already all but indistinguishable from the humans around it. It was further ahead now, and rapidly gaining distance. Now it was time for desperate measures. She pointed her weapon up at the sky. Everyone get down, she shouted, and then she squeezed the trigger. Dozens of people reflexively ducked or threw themselves to the ground at the sound of the shot. As it echoed off the buildings throughout the square, she clearly saw her target. It was the only one in sight who failed to duck at the sound of the gunshot. It was now turning down one of the side streets, heading directly for a blind alley. Janet leapt down the pedestal and took off again. She activated the subdermal mic. Zero, get the local precinct down here. Tell them to be ready for crowd control. And tell the agency to bring a tag and bag team for when I'm done with this piece of shit. In her ear, Zero's voice crackled. I thought you were going to take this one alive. Janet ignored him. She had made up her mind. The ones that caused trouble could spread funny ideas. For Janet's money, it was better to cut off the head of the snake before it got too big to wrangle. Up ahead, Janet could see the Zarn reach the dead end. It didn't miss a beat. Turning on its heel and aiming to take off past her before she made up her mind to shoot. That's why you never give them a chance, Janet thought bitterly. She'd seen it gone wrong so many times. She wasn't about to make that mistake again. 
Luckily, the wayward Zorn had taken a wrong turn down a dead end. Janet caught up to her target and came to a quick halt a half dozen paces away. She raised her pistol and aimed it at the artificial, now swiveling its head in search of an escape. End of the line, she said firmly. Put your hands on your head and get on your knees now. She tightened her grip on the weapon. It had run, which meant she was within her rights to kill it. All she needed, all she wanted, was a reason. All she had to do was wait. Wait.